In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Well, why thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving is the language of faith. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Anxiety is one of the most crippling giants we fight, yet God has an answer. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Disarming Your Giants, with a look at the giant of anxiety. You know, in all transparency, there was a time in my life when anxiety wrought havoc with me. There were days it was all I could do to function, and this went on for a number of years. Yet God finally gave me a weapon that helped me defeat this paralyzing giant and live in freedom. Perhaps you're dealing with anxiety this very moment and don't know what to do. Well, you've tuned in to the right broadcast because we're going to be sharing today the Bible's answer to anxiety and how to be free. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Disarming Anxiety. Wrapping up his message on worry, Jesus told us what a well-balanced life looks like. He says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which you can only do if you're not filled with anxiety and worry, you will put him first if you're free of those things. He said, if you will put him first and seek his kingdom, all these things will be added to you. Promise. It'll get to you. So we know what Jesus said about worry. We know that we shouldn't be filled with anxiety. We have been commanded as his followers not to worry and not to be filled with anxiety. We know that it robs us. We know it steals from us. We know it affects us. It's a thief. We know that. But how do you disarm it when it comes? Because my experience with worry and anxiety is it gets a hold of me, gets a grip on me, and I'm experiencing it. And it's almost like, how do I stop this thought process, this cycle. How do I disarm this anxiety? And that's exactly what Paul told us how to do in Philippians 4. Here's how you disarm it. He said, first, be anxious for nothing. Now, watch carefully. There is a difference between being legitimately concerned about something and being filled with sinful anxiety. If you are legitimately concerned about something... God says, I made you that way. You got children that have gone off into drugs or your spouse is not walking with God or you're afraid about your marriage or afraid about your job or there's things going on that concern you. God understands that. If you are looking at the weather forecast and the weatherman says, here's a tornado, it's a major one, and you see that it's headed straight for your house. If you're not concerned, something is wrong with you. Okay? But here's the deal. Sinful anxiety enters the picture when you take your eyes off of God, when you doubt his care, when you focus on the problem to the exclusion of taking the problem to God. 
It is when you freak out, you panic, and you forget God, and you lose faith in God, and you fully focus on the problem. That is when you're in sinful anxiety. And Jesus said, don't do that. Perfect example is the disciples on the boat. The disciples on the boat with Jesus, they're out in the middle of the sea. They're halfway across, and suddenly out of nowhere comes a terrible storm. Lightning is flashing, thunder booming, waves rolling. They start rolling into the boat. And the disciples went from legitimate concern to sinful anxiety. And they shouted out to the Lord who was asleep in the helm. They shouted out, don't you care that we are drowning? Well, of course he did. Jesus stood up, yawned, rubbed his eyes, looked up at the storm. Stop it. Pointed the waves. Stop it. And then looked at them. And they're like this. 50 cent pieces for eyeballs. And they asked a great question. What manner of man is this? That even the winds and the seas obey him. We thought he was just kind of a good teacher. We were thinking he was just kind of an inspirational personality. But this guy just talked to the storm and to the ocean. And it said, yes, sir. Okay? So there's only one person who can do that, and that is... God, the son who made all those things anyway. And Jesus looked at them and he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So, so with that in mind, Paul's advice, number one of disarming anxiety is this, be concerned, but don't be filled with faithless anxiety about anything. Be anxious for no thing. God is with you. God knows about it. And then he says, second, let's disarm this giant. He said, pray about everything. So we're not to be anxious about anything, and we're to pray about everything. Now, let me tell you an interesting thing about the word prayer. The word prayer has a root in it in the original language that means toward. It has to do with what direction you're going to, where you're going with your problem. Prayer means I am going towards God. Now, let me tell you what a lot of people do. A lot of people live horizontally, and there's no vertical in their life. They don't take any problems up to God. They take all their problems to another person. Nothing against counselors. I believe in counselors. But I don't believe in counselors exclusively. I believe in going to a counselor, and I also believe in going to God And I think you ought to go to God before you go to a counselor because he is called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So his very name is counselor. So if he's a counselor, he must want to counsel us. Okay. So you're going up. Now here's what a lot of people, some people just go horizontal. They go to other people with their problems. And then other people go to the bottle. They go horizontal. They grab a bottle Miller Lite, Bud Light, vodka, whiskey, rum, bourbon, whatever it is. Boy, it got quiet in here just now. And they say, man, I'm just so full of stress. I'm so full of anxiety. I'm so full of worry. I'm going to just numb myself. And they begin to drink. The only problem is when the buzz is gone, the problem is still there. That's right. Or these days... They go to Colorado and smoke pot. 
stuck on stupid. There's no answer in pot. You know, God made it. Well, God made poison ivy too. Are you going to smoke that? Eat that? Put that in your brownies? God made it. God made a lot of things, dude, that aren't going in my mouth. This is not in my notes. This is, this is third service. I just want to preach for a minute. I got saved in jail as a 16-year-old for pot. I know about pot. And I know this. I don't care if the whole nation legalizes it. A believer doesn't need it. You know, let me tell you something. Watch this. Who would have ever thought Paul needed to add an addendum to be not drunk with wine? Now we can say be not drunk with wine or high on pot, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? See, prayer says it matters where you go. Prayer means I'm taking it toward God and I am casting all of my cares upon him, for he cares for me. See, that's where the anxiety is coming from. You're carrying, and I carry, if I'm not careful, all the problems, all the issues, the relationship problems, the temptation problems, the weariness problems, the people problems, all the things that stack up on us. If we don't take it vertical, then we carry it or we drown it or numb it away. Bible says you as a believer have a vertical access the world doesn't have. So casting all your cares upon him. Tell him what's bugging you. Tell him what's weighing you down. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear, the hymn says. All because we do not carry how many things? Everything to God in prayer. Now, that word casting, very powerful. Remember when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the donkey and all the hosannas and palm leaves and all of that? Good Sunday, Palm Sunday. And it says that when he started to go in there and they had gotten the donkey, that his disciples took off their cloaks and threw or cast their cloaks onto the donkey. And then they put Jesus on the donkey. Now watch this. They took off their cloak threw it on the donkey, and they walked away without their cloak. It was now in another place. It's the same word, casting. When we cast our cares onto the Lord, we are to cast them onto him and walk away, leaving it on him, and we walk away without it. Now, here's the way some of you do. You do it like a fisherman. Here's your cares. You cast them onto the Lord, and in 10 minutes, you're reeling it back. And the Lord says, what are you doing? I thought you just cast it onto me. Well, I was just looking it over, make sure you were doing something with it, and I just thought, you know. I... <laughs> Casting all your cares upon him and leaving the weight of the burden. Psalms 55, 22 says, casting all your burden upon the Lord. Cast all your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. So you want to be sustained by God? Give him 
the weight of what is eating on you, vexing you, weighing you down, hurting you, concerning you, choking you with worry. Take your request towards God. Give him everything. We're to give everything to him. Now, you know what everything means in the Greek? Good. A lot of you know me by now. It means everything. It means little things. It means big things because little things become big if you don't take care of them when they're little. Everything. Everything means your afflictions, your embarrassments, your betrayals, your trials, your spiritual condition, your body, your mind, your home, your friends, your conflicts, your losses, your trials, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, everything you take to the Lord, toward the Lord in prayer. There's nothing we can't take to the Lord and spread out before him, not anything. So, Pastor Jeff, there's some things I cannot tell the Lord. Well, he already knows, silly. God never says, well, I'll be. I didn't know that. Gabriel, did you know that? I didn't know. Can you believe? You say, but Jeff, does he really care about the little things? Come on. Do you really think God cares about the little things? The seemingly inconsequential stuff. Does God really care? If it matters to you, it matters to him. If it matters to you, it matters to him. Those of you that are parents know if it matters to your child, you may consider it inconsequential. But if it matters to them, it matters to you. God's the same way. Jesus said, your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Well, then why do I need to take them to him? Because he wants us operating in prayer by faith so that when he answers the prayer, he's glorified in Jesus Christ. That's why. Your heavenly father already knows you need all these things. Matthew 6, verse 30, will he not much more clothe you, put clothes on your back, O you of little faith? He cared enough to provide the disciples with tax money out of a fish's mouth. I really want to try that one one day. I want to know how to get in on that miracle. They needed tax money. Jesus said, go fishing. It's going to be in the fish's mouth. What about that? Can we name and claim that one? Don't try it. My point is he cared enough. He cared enough to provide a picnic lunch for all the masses of people that had followed him for days and were hungry and tired. He cared enough to break the five loaves and two fishes and feed them all. He cared enough. He cared enough to observe and congratulate that little widow who came walking up to the temple and all she had was two pennies. She dropped it in the offering plate and Jesus looked at it and said, you see her, everybody else has given out of their abundance, but she gave out of her need, she gave all she had. And Jesus cared enough to brag on her, point it out, and put her in the eternal word of God. He cared enough. If it matters to you, it matters to him. Now, next thing he says, he says, all right, you want to get rid of the, you want to disarm anxiety? Here you go. Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything going toward God. And then he said, with prayer and supplication. Now, somebody who is supplicating is a suppliant. If you are a suppliant, then what are you doing? Supplication means to pray for a specific, urgent, heartfelt need. So you are coming to God. 
itemizing what you need him to do. You are being specific and you are saying, God, here's my need and I'm supplicating. I'm coming to you. I prayed. I'm coming toward you. I'm casting my cares upon you. And now, Lord, I need that $30.43 for a water bill. I need for you to heal my marriage. I need for you to touch my children. I need for you to move. And I'm telling you exactly what it is I need. Lord, here it is. Here's the list. I'm laying it out. I'm not going to leave the place of prayer until I have made every request I've got to you. I'm going to give it all to you. Open a door for me, Lord. I need a job. Close the door. I hate this job. Lord, a door is closed, open a window. Lord, I am not going to leave the place of prayer with anxiety. Not going to do it. It's all going to be on you. And then he said, once you have made supplication, once you've prayed toward him, he said, you end it with thanksgiving. You end it, you close it with thanksgiving. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Well, why Thanksgiving? Because Thanksgiving is the language of faith. I'm going to say that again. Thanksgiving is the song, the language, the action of faith. Because Thanksgiving says, I know you heard me. And I believe you're moving on my behalf. That if I have prayed anything according to your will, you have heard me. If I know you've heard me, I know I have the petitions I've requested of you. So I'm thanking you ahead of time. Matter of fact, I'm going to set the table even though there's no food in the pantry. I'm thanking you, Lord. You know, it's really sad how rarely people thank anymore. We don't thank God and we don't thank others. You can do so many things for some people, they never say thank you. They never say thank you. It's sort of like, ah, well, I expected it because I am me. And since I'm me, I'm so wonderful that I expect I'm entitled to what I got. Matter of fact, we live in a nation full of people with entitlement mentalities. Entitlement. See, we believe the government ought to pay for our food, our health care, our college tuition, everything. Cradle to grave, the government ought to take care of me. Well, where's your faith in God? Jehovah Jireh, who takes care of all your needs. It's not Jehovah DC, it's Jehovah Jireh. Okay? But we're a nation of entitlement people. Half our nation is on some level of welfare. And I know that half our nation is not disabled. Half our nation is on some form of welfare. That's one half. Now, the other half of us pay taxes that takes care of the first half. Now, I ask you, how is that fair? How do you justify that? Well, the first half says, well, because I'm me, I'm entitled to it. We have this entitlement. I'm entitled. I'm just so wonderful, so incredible. I'm entitled to anything I get. And if I don't get everything I want, I complain, murmur, pout, rebel, play a violin, poor me. Nobody knows the troubles I bear. But you know what? Can I shock you with something? God owes us nothing. Nothing. Not anything. We have what we have from God because of pure Amazing grace. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
He chose to do it. It wasn't because he looked down and said, you're so wonderful, so incredible, so magnanimously beautiful and stupendous. You owe what I'm going to give you. No, we were sinning in his face, breaking our relationship with him, transgressing his commandments, and worthy of hell. And God broke through with grace. Crazy grace. Amazing grace. The way of the kingdom of God is to be thankful. David said, oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His mercy endures forever. Jesus was a great thanker of God. He said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. He was a thanker of God. And if Jesus needed to thank God, where does that leave us? Thanksgiving at the end of our prayer time is the language of faith. It says we believe we've been heard. It expresses a right attitude towards God. It shows humility, deference, and a submissive heart. And here's the blessing now. I'm about to disarm the giant of anxiety because he says if you pray, take it towards God, refuse to be filled with sinful anxiety, give him everything you need, supplicate before him, and then thank him, Here's when the giant is disarmed. Then, everybody say then. Here's the result. Then you will experience God's peace, which passes all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So I've got this anxiety that's pounding my heart and mind, and it's replaced with the peace that guards my heart and mind. And the giant of anxiety is gone. And I've got peace that is so incredible, it's beyond the ability of the intellect to comprehend it because in the middle of a ferocious storm, I can be standing in the eye of the storm filled with peace. And that doesn't make sense. And the world sees you filled with that kind of peace. They say, where'd you get this peace? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you, I prayed. I went vertical with it. I took it to God. And he has guarded me with peace. And that's one of the inheritances of the children of God. When it gets right down to it, anxiety has a spiritual root and it's defeated with spiritual weapons. The Bible teaches us not how to numb anxiety away, but how to win the battle and be truly free. Let me take this moment to encourage you to take advantage of the many resources offered on our Life Talk website. You'll find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. We would love to have you visit. And be sure to join us for the next installment in the Disarming Your Giants series entitled, Disarming the Giant of Offense. You really don't want to miss this one. I'll see you then. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, every time God uses the ministry of Life Talk to transform a life by the power of Jesus Christ, it's because somebody like you gave financially and helped make it possible. Life Talk's daily program is listener supported, so if you're interested in supporting this ministry, call toll free 877 884 3111. 
That's 877-884-3111. Or visit us online at lifetalkradio.us and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Disarming Anxiety is the second message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.